I thank the gentleman for yielding, Madam Speaker. Our nation was founded on certain principles, that government should be of, by, and for the people, that a system of three co-equal branches of government would provide the checks and balances necessary to ensure the people's voices are heard and that no one is above the law. Today, sadly, we are voting to impeach President Donald John Trump because he has fundamentally broken his covenant with the American people. In doing so, we are using the powers the Founding Fathers enshrined in the Constitution to address a president who has violated his oath of office. The evidence is clear and the facts are not in question. President Trump is consistently engaged in a pattern of behavior inconsistent with the rule of law. He has refused to take responsibility for his actions. He has undermined the checks and balances we rely on by obstructing Congress at every turn. And most importantly, he has abused his power by using his office to solicit foreign interference in our elections, undermining the will of the people. So on this sad day for our nation, I will do what the President has so often failed to do, and I will fulfill my oath to support and defend the Constitution, and I will vote in favor of impeachment. I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, it is my pleasure to yield two minutes to the gentleman from Ohio, Mr. Chabot. Gentleman is recognized for two minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Today is a sad day in our nation's history as House Democrats are poised to approve on a strictly party-line vote articles of impeachment based on what constitutional scholar Jonathan Turley called wafer-thin evidence. This will set a dangerous precedent where impeachment becomes the norm rather than the exception. That's not what our founding fathers intended. They wanted impeachment to be rare. They set a high bar for impeachment, treason, bribery, high crimes and misdemeanors. Alleged abuse of power, the first article, is not a high crime and misdemeanor. In fact, it's not even a crime. And since there is no concise legal definition of abuse of power, the majority party in the House can designate nearly any disagreement with the president from now on an impeachable offense. The second article, alleged obstruction of Congress, would produce a similarly dangerous precedent. Asserting executive privilege, a practice that began with George Washington, is not obstruction of Congress. Rather, it's a function of the essential checks and balances contemplated under the Constitution. Here's what nearly every grade school student in America knows, but apparently House Democrats do not. If Congress disagrees with the president, if they don't agree with the president, take it to court. Let the third branch of government decide. They're the refs. The House has never, I repeat, never approved either abuse of power or obstruction of Congress as an article of impeachment. But that's going to change today. Today, House Democrats are pursuing a wacky constitutional theory under which all four presidents on Mount Rushmore could have been impeached. If all of this sounds absurd, Madam Speaker, it's because it is absurd. In fact, this whole process is absurd and has been from the outset. But here's what's not absurd, but rather frightening. House Democrats today are setting a dangerous precedent under which no future president will be immune from impeachment and that will forever negatively tarnish the history of this House. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, the President's conduct constituted the highest of high crimes against our country. An offense does not have to violate a criminal statute to be impeachable. That was confirmed in President Nixon's case and again in President Clinton's. There is no higher crime than for the President to use the power of his office to corrupt our elections. I now yield one minute 
to the gentleman from Wisconsin, Mr. Pocan. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. This July, President Trump blocked $400 million in congressionally approved aid that Ukraine desperately needed to defend itself against Russia because he needed Ukraine to do him a favor first. He asked the President of Ukraine to launch a public investigation into a political rival military aid and other benefits would only come after. But this is not about a single call or a single transcript. This is about a perfect storm, months of activity directly ordered by the president to his senior cabinet and political appointees, an orchestrated plan demanding a foreign power interfere in our democracy. President Trump betrayed his oath of office. He abused the power of his office for personal and political gain and has refused to cooperate with a co-equal branch of government. This is a vote for our Constitution, setting the precedent for all future presidents, Democrat or Republican. Donald Trump must be held accountable for his actions. Today we send a clear signal to this president and all future presidents, no one is above the law. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. At uh, this time, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Kansas, Mr. Marshall. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. I rise today in opposition to the impeachment of the legitimately elected President of the United States. Enough, Madam Speaker, for the love of this country, enough. Enough of this impeachment circus. Enough of these sham witch hunts. I'm voting no because the President has done nothing wrong. The only thing that President Trump is guilty of is doing the things he said he would do. And if my Democrat colleagues were honest, they'd tell us the only thing President Trump is guilty of is not being Hillary Clinton. The only party guilty of obstruction, abuse of power, or whatever focus group term they're using today is the party on the other side of this aisle. They're obstructing the will of the American people. They're obstructing the very foundations of our country. By politically weaponizing impeachment, they have dangerously shattered precedent and abused our Constitution. They alone will bear this responsibility. Madam Speaker, they'll fail. And it's no wonder the American people don't trust this body. It's past time to be done with this circus and get to the work that matters, like securing our borders and passing trade deals. I will vote no and encourage this body to move on from this heartbreaking disgraceful day do things that actually matter. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield uh, one minute to the gentleman from North Carolina, Mr. Price. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, the moment our, the moment our founders anticipated in establishing the power of impeachment has arrived. The evidence is clear. President Trump abused his power by asking a vulnerable foreign leader to investigate both his political rival and a baseless Russian conspiracy theory. While withholding congressionally appropriated defense aid and a coveted White House visit, he then blocked congressional investigation into these abuses. These abuses threaten the integrity of our elections, they corrupt our diplomacy, and they undermine national security. We sometimes regard constitutional checks and balances as uh, the indestructible underpinnings of our democracy. In fact, they're not fixed. They're not indestructible. The President has demonstrated this beyond all doubt. It's up to the Congress, the first branch of government, 
to apply the remedy that the Constitution prescribes because the threats to our democracy are real and present. With this vote, we affirm that no one, including the President, is above the law. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Kentucky, Mr. Comer. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Since the beginning of this impeachment inquiry, it's been extremely troubling to see the partisan, divisive way in which Democrats have carried out this entire process. I guess we shouldn't be surprised, though. They promised they'd unseat this president since the day he took his oath of office. From the start, this has been a baseless attempt to undo the will of 63 million Americans who voted for President Trump. I can tell you, the people I represent in Kentucky, the very people who voted for this president to enact change and fight for this country, are appalled at the charade they've seen in the House in recent months. They are appalled at the actions from House Democrats who have failed to even come close to proving their case. I hope all of my congressional colleagues carefully consider the precedent they are setting by voting in favor of this sham process and these illegitimate articles of impeachment. These articles were written and built on a report that was drafted with biased presumptions, cherry-picked witnesses, and vastly disputed facts. The president did not commit any impeachable offense. And it's clear for all of us to see through the now very well-known transcript this rigged process sets a concerning precedent for impeachable offenses moving forward. And I wholeheartedly oppose these baseless articles of impeachment. And I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from California, Mr. Peters. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you, uh, Madam Speaker. Many have lamented that this effort is not bipartisan, but that's on my Republican colleagues. Republicans have not sought the truth. They have sought to avoid the truth. They have demeaned and insulted witnesses, patriots, warriors, career diplomats, diplomats who have provided evidence against the president. No House Republican has joined us to demand the documents and witnesses that President Trump has refused to produce. And Senate Republican leaders this week have announced that President Trump himself can set the rules of his own trial, and there will be no fact witnesses. Republicans refuse to seek the truth and condemn the abuse of power, or to work with us to prevent this ongoing behavior in the future. And that's the tragedy of today's events. In our nation's history, thousands of Americans have gone into battle without reservation to fight for our republic, as they still do today. Many have been gravely injured, and some have made the ultimate sacrifice. But today, in contrast, for fear of losing an election, my colleagues will not speak up for the rule of law or against presidential abuse of power. Voters may give them a pass, but history will judge them harshly. I will vote for the articles of impeachment. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. It is my privilege now to yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Georgia, Mr. Loudermilk. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. I thank my colleague from Georgia and friend, Mr. Collins. Madam Speaker, I rise today in opposition not only to these articles of impeachment, but in strong opposition to the process that has brought us to this point. Our Constitution and Bill of Rights are all about process. Our founders knew that a government without constraints could accuse anyone of any crime at any time, even without compelling evidence. 
That's why the 5th and the 14th Amendments established a bedrock principle of innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. But on November the 14th, Speaker Pelosi informed the press that the President should prove his innocence when she stated, Mr. President, if you have anything that shows your incident, innocence, then he should make that known. The Constitution also guarantees that the accused can call witnesses to testify on their behalf, but the Republicans and the President were continually denied that right throughout this process. The Sixth Amendment guarantees the right of the defendant to face their accuser, but not only have the Democrats prohibited Republicans and the President from questioning the so-called whistleblower, his identity has been kept secret. Before you take this historic vote today, one week before Christmas, I want you to keep this in mind. When Jesus was falsely accused of treason, Pontius Pilate gave Jesus the opportunity to face his accusers. During that sham trial, Pontius Pilate afforded more rights to Jesus than the Democrats have afforded this president in this process. I yield back. Gentleman from New York. The president was given the opportunity to come and testify before the Judiciary Committee to send his counsel to question witnesses. He declined to do so. I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Michigan, Mr. Kildee. Nice for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. This is, uh, this is a sad day for our country and for our democracy. The President has abused the powers of his office, betrayed the public trust, and undermined America's national security by pressuring a foreign government to interfere in our elections for his own political gain. In this moment in our history, the Constitution is clear. The remedy for such misconduct for, by a president is impeachment. I didn't come here to Congress to impeach a president of the United States, but sadly, the president's misconduct leaves us no choice but to follow the Constitution. I have two grandchildren. My, my granddaughter, Caitlin, is eight, and my grandson, Colin, is four. Someday, a long time from now, they'll ask me about this day. They'll ask about the time a president put himself above the law, and they'll want to know what I did to stop him. And I will have an answer for them. Today I vote to uphold the Constitution. I will vote to impeach Donald Trump. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Uh, thank you, Madam Speaker. It is interesting that the President was supposedly given rights in the Judiciary Committee, but maybe who would he have asked questions of? Three law school professors and a staff member? Not a lot of due process there. With this, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Texas. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Madam Speaker, we're here today because House Democrats have spent upwards of $30 million in three years trying to overturn the 2016 election of President Trump and come up with nothing. Because of their radical left wing, Democrats are willing to make all future presidential elections invalid until judged worthy by the majority in the House of Representatives. The President of the United States does not serve at the pleasure of the House of Representatives. Perhaps the greatest denial of reality regarding President Trump is acknowledging that under his policies, things are actually going much better than they have in decades for working Americans. We are a democratic constitutional republic in which power flows from we the people to our president and elected officials. The Democrat majority thinks otherwise. They believe that they are entitled to rule us, even if they have to change the rules to invalidate the will and the votes of the people of America. 
And that is why the absence of a case does not matter in this charade of impeachment. I believe that the American people recognize and share my urgency about what is at stake here. Madam Speaker, you and your majority may decide today, but I have faith that the American people will decide otherwise next November. Thank you, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from uh, Washington, Ms. Delbeni. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise today in support of this resolution. After carefully reviewing all of the evidence and the articles of impeachment before us, it is clear that President Trump abused the power of the presidency and obstructed Congress. I did not come to this conclusion lightly. Impeachment is an extremely serious matter, but no president can be allowed to pressure a foreign country for personal and political gain. No president is above the law. His behavior has jeopardized the integrity of our elections, put our national security at risk, and placed his personal interests above those of the American people. His obstruction has prevented the House from conducting its constitutional duty to, of oversight of the executive branch. By failing to uphold his oath of office, President Trump forces each of us as members of the House of Representatives to uphold ours. I urge my colleagues to do just that and defend our democracy. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Ms. Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Virginia, Mr. Rickleman. Gentleman is recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I oppose this impeachment effort and will vote no on the articles of impeachment. I represent the Fifth District of Virginia, which is home to so many founding fathers whose visions shaped the great country we are living in today. Thomas Jefferson and James Madison are not around to see what their creation has become but I don't think they would be pleased to see Congress subverting the will of democracy by holding an impeachment vote because the majority party simply cannot accept the 2016 election. Instead of wasting the taxpayers' time and money on specious investigations, we could have passed legislation to address surprise medical billing, secure the border, address the opioid epidemic, reduce student debt, and solve a litany of other issues that Americans actually care about. Tomorrow, we might have a vote on the USMCA, which we should have passed months ago had it not been for the obstruction and delays from Democrats, delays that have made farmers in my district and other districts suffer. Votes like the one we will take today, the decisions that have led up to today's vote, the nature and entire process of this proceeding reeks of careerist bureaucrats and politicians that put politics over people. I was not elected to take political votes that attempt to overturn the will of the American people. I ran for office to serve my constituents. Let's remember, that's why we are here. Weaponizing emotion is not the way to serve the United States of America. And to my colleagues who do just that, I offer a quote Thomas Paine wrote in The Crisis. To argue with a person who has renounced the use of reason is like administering medicine to the dead. Thank you, and I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Mr. Speaker, Madam Speaker, I would remind the gentleman that the House has passed over 400 bills, 275 bipartisan bills, driving down costs of health care and prescription drugs, raising wages, rebuilding infrastructure, taking on corruption and self-dealing in Washington. Eighty percent of these bills are languishing on Senator McConnell's desk. I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from Ohio, Ms. Kaptur. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I thank the Chairman for yielding. I wish to place on the record that members of Congress swear a solemn oath to protect and defend the Constitution against all enemies, 
foreign and domestic, and today we fulfill our oath by defending liberty. The central figure testing America's resolve is not here in Washington today. Rather, the closeted villain sits in Moscow with the Kremlin. Vladimir Putin has coordinated murders, election hacking, propaganda, the entrapment of willing fools and greedy underlings who put their own selfish interests over liberty. Putin seeks to sow disarray and destabilize democracies and the NATO alliance. At Putin's direction, Russia illegally invaded Ukraine in 2014, and as Ukraine defends Europe's eastern flank, 14,000 people have been killed at Putin's hand, with over 2 million displaced. Rather than stand up to Putin, President Trump and his minions aided Putin, first in hastening Russian interference in our 2016 elections and then more recently withholding vital military aid from Ukraine to coerce its interference in our 2020 elections for Mr. Trump's personal gain. Gentlelady's time's expired. Might I end by saying, onward liberty, vote for the articles of impeachment. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from North Carolina, Dr. Murphy. Madam Speaker, I rise in opposition to these baseless articles of impeachment and the unprecedented process that's been used in this effort to impeach the duly elected President of the United States. It is a mockery of American justice. In 1788, one of our founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton, wrote in the Federalist Papers, in many cases, impeachment will connect itself with the pre-existing factions, and in such cases there will always be the greatest danger that the decision will be regulated more by the comparable strength of parties, majority and minority, than by real demonstrations of innocence or guilt. What does this mean? It means that the majority can exert its influence regardless of justice. In this statement, Hamilton warned us about the danger of mob rule. Democrats have a criminal and have been searching for a crime for three years, but this president has not committed a crime. As the leader of American foreign policy, the president has a constitutional obligation to root out corruption in countries to which we provide aid. This is not an abuse of power. It is his job. One of the articles is obstruction of Congress. The only thing that's been obstructed is this president's right to due process. I don't blame the president for refusing to fully participate in this guilty until proven innocent circus. This is not how our founding fathers framed American justice. This is a tragic day in our nation's history. We have individuals that hate this president more than they love this country. Our country needs prayer and not this destructive partisanship. Thank you. I yield back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, the president's obstruction is unprecedented and categorical. President Trump claims that the House cannot investigate his misconduct outside of an impeachment inquiry. He defies lawful congressional subpoenas, and then, and then he sues to block third parties from complying with such subpoenas. Even as he pursues his own interest in court, his administration simultaneously argues that Congress is barred from obtaining judicial enforcement when executive branch officials disregarded subpoenas. So when can the president be held accountable for his, for his wrongdoing? In his mind, never. The, the Constitution, however, disagrees. I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from the District of Columbia, Ms. Holmes Norton. The gentlelady is recognized for one minute. <clears throat> Madam Speaker, my words are my only remedy today 
in spite of the upcoming DC statehood vote we expect to be successful. The people of the District of Columbia have no vote on impeachment or on any other matter on this floor now. I spoke on this floor on the impeachment of President Clinton 20 years ago. Unlike the Clinton impeachment on perjury concerning an affair with an intern, Trump's impeachment turns on sabotage of national security to get himself reelected. Clinton repented. Trump insists that he did nothing wrong. That's a promise to continue his long pattern of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Impeachment is our only recourse. I yield back. Gentlelady yields back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield two minutes to the gentleman from Colorado, member of the Judiciary Committee, Mr. Buck. Gentleman's recognized for two minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I thank the gentleman from Georgia. Today, Democrats lower the bar for impeachment. Under the standard, a president can be impeached in the absence of a crime without due process and for or asserting a legally constitutionally recognized privilege. History shows Democrat presidents have abused power to undermine democracy and win elections, and yet they have not been impeached. President Franklin Roosevelt used the IRS to target his political opponents. His son later admitted FDR used, quote, the IRS as a weapon of political retribution. President John F. Kennedy used the FBI to wiretap and monitor political opponents, including congressional staff. He deported one of his mistresses to avoid scandal. President Lyndon Johnson spied on Goldwater's campaign, signing off on wiretapping his opponent and Goldwater's airplane, and using a CIA spy to obtain advanced copies of Goldwater's strategies and speeches. President Barack Obama refused to provide documents to Congress related to Fast and Furious. His unconstitutional recess appointments were unanimously struck down by the Supreme Court. He used national security agencies to lie to the American people about Benghazi to win the 2012 election. He spied on reporters. Finally, it was the Obama administration that committed 17 serious violations before the FISA court to spy on Trump campaign associates. Despite these clear abuses of power by FDR, JFK, LBJ, and Obama, Republicans did not impeach. Why? Because the framers did not want a low bar for impeachment. They wanted Congress and the President to work out their differences. When I asked Professor Turley in a Judiciary Committee hearing if any president could avoid impeachment with those low standards, he said no. I yield back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I would remind the gentleman that President Obama provided thousands of pages of information to congressional requests that, that Attorney General Holder and others testified, unlike now. I now yield um, one minute to the general, to the uh, Gentlelady from Illinois, Ms. Kelly. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, today is a solemn day in America, a day that none of us hoped for when we came to Congress. But the events of today are something that each of us swore that we were prepared to execute in defense of the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. This is the oath that binds the men and women of the 116th Congress as our democracy implores we defend her. A clear and present threat to American democracy is what brings us here. The architect, a president who asked that a foreign nation interfere in our election. This was our founding father's greatest fear. 
I cast this solemn vote for the many individuals in my district who entrusted me to be their voice in Congress. They entrusted me to uphold our Constitution for them. I vote yes for Sarah in Chicago, Doug in Kankakee, Diane in Flossmoor. Yes for Kathy in Moments, Catherine in Crete, and Jimmy in Park Forest. The facts are simple. The path forward is clear. Impeachment is not an option. It is an obligation because no one is above the law. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, it is my privilege to yield two minutes to the gentleman from Pennsylvania, another member of the Judiciary Committee, Mr. Reschenbauer. Gentleman is recognized for two minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker, and thank you, Ranking Member Collins. You know, in the Navy, we had a saying, bluff, bottom line up front. Well, I'll give you the bottom line. Democrats are terrified that President Trump is going to win re-election. They can't beat him on the merits. So the Democrats are caving to their far-left radical base, and they're using the thoughts and the feelings and the assumptions of some unnamed bureaucrats rather than relying on facts and law to impeach a duly elected president. Let me be clear. This is nothing more than a political hit job. You know, I've been on all sides of the courtroom. I was a prosecutor in the Navy. I was a defense attorney in the Navy. I was a district judge in my hometown. And let me tell you, as a lawyer, I would defend this case every day of the week. As a judge, I would dismiss this on day one for lack of merit. There is no prima facie case here. I'll tell you who I'd prosecute, though. I would prosecute Adam Schiff for abuse of power. Why? How about the fact that he used his position as chairman to leak phone records of ranking member Devin Nunez? How about the fact that he dumped over 8,000 pages of documents on Republicans less than 48 hours before a hearing? That is the abuse of power. And obstruction? I prosecute the Democrats for obstruction. How about the fact that Judiciary Democrats voted down my request to subpoena the whistleblower? How about the fact that Chairman Nadler refused every single Republican request for a fact witness? That is obstruction of Congress. So again, let me be clear. Today is nothing more than a political hit job. Thank you, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Sir. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, once again, I hear a lot of attacks on, members of, of Dem on Democratic members of Congress, but not one single word of substantive defense of the President's conduct. I now yield one minute to the distinguished gentleman from Virginia, Mr. Connolly. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, each of us here took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, not the President and not our political party. Today, history will judge. Did we abide that oath? To extort a foreign country to investigate your political opponent is an unconstitutional abuse of power. To solicit foreign interference in an American election is an unconstitutional abuse of power. The need to protect against just such abuses prompted our founders to grant the sole power of impeachment to this House. The delicate balance of power that underpins our democracy is threatened when a president disregards the Constitution by obstructing Congress's power to cover up illegal behavior. In doing that, President Trump violated his oath. Today, we must put country over party, conscience over complicity. Today, we must assert no one's above the law. Today, we're summoned by history to do the right thing. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. 
Thank you, Madam Speaker. I really, I, I know this is probably not true, but I think the speakers are not working on the majority side because I have talked about it. Many of our members have talked about the facts. Let's just go over them real quickly. No pressure, no conditionality, no, uh, it, nothing was ever denied them in that, when they got through. They actually got the money and they never did anything for it. We have talked about the facts. That's a distraction that doesn't need to happen. With that, Mrs. Madam Speaker, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Ohio, Mr. Davidson. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Madam Speaker, I've heard numerous colleagues say they didn't run for Congress to impeach the President. Well, maybe not originally, but unfortunately from the moment proceedings began, after the fourth vote to launch an impeachment inquiry, today's vote was inevitable. Many of them campaigned on it. I love this country with a soldier's passion. I came here to defend freedom, not to deny due process to anyone. I came here to solve problems and change the broken status quo not to distract or disrupt those like President Donald Trump who deliver on promises to put America back on the path of peace and prosperity that has made and kept our country free. For months now, Americans have heard speculation about the President's motives in Ukraine. Despite months of effort, dozens of hearings, and countless documents, Americans have not seen proof that the President committed a high crime or a misdemeanor. We have a republic if we can keep it, this is disgraceful, dishonest process. It's a discredit to this body and to our nation. I urge the House to drop these divisive articles of impeachment and get to work for the American people. I yield. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, how much time, would you tell me how much time uh, both sides have left, please? Gentleman from New York has two hours and two minutes. The gentleman from Georgia has two hours and three minutes. <laughs> Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from New York, Ms. Velasquez. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, the facts are clear. The President of the United States withheld $400 million in military aid to an ally of the United States and also held back a White House meeting to compel a foreign nation to investigate his political opponent. At the exact time the President was doing this, Ukraine was engaged in a battle for its very existence with one of America's adversaries, Russia. The President abused his power to persuade a foreign nation to dig up dirt on a political opponent, and that's the truth. This was, quite simply, a geopolitical shakedown. The President then tried to block Congress from exercising its constitutionally mandated duty to uncover the truth. Every single one of us today faces a stark choice. If we choose to turn a blind eye to put political expediency before the Constitution, then we are complicit in this subversion of democracy. If we do not hold this president accountable, we have failed the people who sent us here. Gentlemen, and we have abdicated our own oath to defend the Constitution. In the United Gentlemen, States of America, no one is above the law, Gentlemen not even the Georgia. president. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, it is my pleasure to yield two minutes from the gentleman from Alabama, Mr. Byrne. Gentleman's recognized for two minutes. Madam Speaker, in three months, we've gone from receiving an unsubstantiated hearsay and discredited whistleblower complaint to the production of articles of impeachment against the President of the United States. 
Not since Andrew Johnson has the House engaged in such a partisan political stunt. From the beginning, this has been a sham, and this House has been nothing but a star chamber. The Democrat majority literally locked themselves in the basement of this building, hiding from the American people. When my colleagues and I refused to stand for it, Democrats moved to public hearings, but denied us questions, denied us witnesses, and denied the President any meaningful opportunity to defend himself. With this complete abusive process, the Democratic majority has produced the flimsiest and most legally unsound articles of impeachment in the history of this nation. Never before has the House reported an article of impeachment that does not allege an underlying crime, yet this majority will do so today. Read the transcripts. There was no quid pro quo, no bribery, no extortion, no crime, and no abuse of power, and they don't even allege a crime in their articles of impeachment. The president raising Ukrainian corruption is not an impeachable offense. If the dealings of Hunter Biden were so above board, you would think the majority would be just fine looking into this matter. Yet they haven't moved my resolution asking for an investigation, and our subpoenas for Hunter Biden have all been denied. Hunter Biden doesn't get a pass because his dad was vice president. I am proud to have fought against this charade every step of the way, and I will proudly vote no today, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from Wisconsin, Ms. Moore. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, the facts are uncontestable. The evidence is overwhelming. The President grossly misused the office of President and obstructed Congress, and justice requires this impeachment. I feel compelled to respond to the false narrative that Democrats are using this process to overturn an election. You know, I agree. Elections are the appropriate venue for public policy disputes. However, we're not talking about a public policy dispute. We're talking about a president who subverted national security by soliciting foreign interference in our elections. The exact thing our founding fathers feared and the exact circumstance for which they drafted the impeachment clause. Our democracy, our constitution deserves standing up for, not Donald John Trump. And I will leave my colleagues with this last thought as they decide how to cast this historic vote. For what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world only to lose his own soul? I yield back. Lady yields back, gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Goodman. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, Madam Speaker. This is the day the Founding Fathers feared when they granted Congress the power of impeachment, where we have a political party so dead set against the President that they will do anything to impeach him. And they're about to get away with it simply because they have the votes. But that's not how this process is supposed to work. It's not meant to be dictated by a thin partisan majority, nor is it meant to be used when an election is just around the corner. And no one understands that better than our speaker, who I have great respect for, and I agree with the comments she made on March the 6th of just this year. Impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path because it divides the nation. And that's exactly what's happened. 
And when we walk out of here tonight, we all know how this result's going to go. The Democrats are voting for this. Not one Republican is breaking. This is not bipartisan. The American people are disgusted with the United States House of Representatives. And we bring shame upon this body today by moving forward this impeachment. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from California, Mr. Lowenthal. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. The facts in this case are as simple as they are tragic. Witness after witness attested to these facts. No one has credibly refuted them. President Trump tried to coerce Ukraine to interfere in the 2020 elections. He used the power of his office for personal political gain. By withholding aid to Ukraine, the president has endangered our ally Ukraine and undermined our own national security. And when he got caught, the president attempted to cover up the crime and shut down any investigation by obstructing Congress. We have overwhelming evidence that this president poses an urgent threat to our elections, to our national security, and to the rule of law. Congress must vote to impeach him to protect our constitutional republic. There is no alternative. Thank you, and I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. The only urgent threat to this body is the clock in the calendar and the desire to impeach the president before we go home for Christmas. With that, a minute and a half to the gentleman from Tennessee, Mr. Rowe. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Today's a sad day in the people's house. Since Donald Trump was elected in 2016, Democrats have been on a crusade to stop him by any means. I believe the American people are the fairest people on this earth. They believe that everyone should be treated equally under the law, no matter what your station you occupy in life. Rich, poor, president, factory worker, fair. This process has been anything but fair. For two years, We've been told that then-candidate Donald Trump colluded with Russians to interfere with our elections. Two years, millions of dollars spent on the Mueller investigation. No collusion. You'd think after being that wrong, Democrats would finally decide to work on the problems that the American people sent us here to do. You'd be wrong again. Then we were told that the president withheld money to the Ukrainians in a quid pro quo. No, no, a bribery. No, abuse of power. I guess whatever polls best to gather information on a political rival, potential rival. Well, here are some facts about what happened. Fact number one, the transcript of July 25th phone conversation at President release shows no pressure. Fact number two, President Zelensky did not know the money was withheld. Fact number three, no investigation occurred or was announced. Fact number four, the money was released September 11th, 2019. Facts are stubborn things. One member on the other side of the aisle said, quotes, I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected, end quotes. That, Madam Speaker, says it all. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Preserve. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from Oregon, Ms. Bonamici. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I take seriously my oath to uphold and defend the Constitution, and I do not take today's proceedings lightly. 
The Founding Fathers included the impeachment process in the Constitution to uphold our values and to maintain the checks and balances that are essential to separation of powers and to democracy. They knew way back in 1787 that a president could abuse the power of the office. In fact, they adopted the phrase high crimes and misdemeanors from a phrase that had been used in the English Parliament since 1386, intended to cover situations where an official abused his power and included in disobeying an order from the parliament. Donald Trump has abused the power of his office by inviting a foreign government to interfere in the U.S. election. And he did this not to help the United States, but to benefit himself. That's wrong, and it's an impeachable offense. And then when Congress exercised our constitutional duty to investigate these wrongdoings, he obstructed the investigation every step of the way. That is also wrong, and it's also an impeachable offense. In our country, no one is above the law. That includes the President of the United States. And I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this point, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Pennsylvania, Mr. Kelly. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. I thank the gentleman. You know, uh, December is such a great month, and there's so many great dates in December. And we talk about the wonderful things that have happened in December's of the past. There's also uh, in addition to Christmas being something we celebrate, the Boston Tea Party took place in December, but also on December 7, 1941, a horrific act happened in, in, in the United States, and it's one that President Roosevelt said, this is a date that will live in infamy. Today, December the 18th, 2019, is another date that will live in infamy. When just because you hate the President of the United States and you can find no other reason other than the fact that you're so blinded by your hate that you can't see straight, that you've decided the only way we can make sure this President doesn't get elected again is to impeach him. On the floor of the people's house, the bastion of democracy and liberty in the whole world, we have decided that political power is far more important than principle. I would urge all members of the House to vote no on impeachment and to look their voters in the eye and remember, listen, let me tell you, the voters will remember next November what you're doing this December. This is a terrible time. This is a date that will live in infamy. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I yield back. General, the, the members are reminded to address their remarks to the chair. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from Florida, Ms. Frankel. Generally, he's recognized for one minute. In 1787, at the conclusion of the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin was asked, do we have a republic or a monarchy? He responded, a republic if you keep it. Madam Speaker, a republic is a form of government in which the country is considered a public matter, not the private concern or property of the rulers. In a republic, no person is above the law. In a republic, the president may not abuse his power by withholding critical foreign assistance for his own personal political gain, nor may he stop witnesses from talking. I did not come to Congress to impeach a president, but I did take an oath to keep the republic. For our children and our grandchildren, we should do nothing less. One day, I will tell my grandson that I stood up for our democracy. I will vote yes to impeach the president. And I yield back. Gentlelady yields back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield a minute 40 seconds to the gentleman from Wisconsin, Mr. Grothman. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and 40 seconds. Thank you. I'd like to address why we're here. We're certainly not here because of a misquoted phone call in July of 2019. 
The Washington Post ran an article headlined, The Campaign to Impeach President Trump Has Begun the Day He Was Sworn In. The gentleman from Maryland, who spoke earlier today, called for impeachment two days before President Trump was in, before he was sworn in. The gentleman from Texas was introducing impeachment resolutions two years ago and said President Trump should be impeached so he can't get reelected. This impeachment is not about anything that happened on a phone call. This impeachment is about what President Trump has done. The people in this country who are let in, who are inadmissible or apprehended and don't have legal authority fell from 100,000 people in May to under 5,000 people in November, and you hate him for it. Ben Carson thinks that low-income housing should be used by American citizens and not people who are here illegally, and you hate him for it. President Trump doesn't want people coming here and going on welfare, and you hate him for it. President Trump wants able-bodied people on food stamps to try to work, and he's hated for it. President Trump renegotiated that rip-off trade agreement with Mexico and Canada, and it was let in place by President Bush and President Obama, and you hate him for it. President Trump sides with law enforcement instead of criminals, and murders dropped 1,000 people last year, and you hate him for siding with the police. President Trump lets Christian adoption agencies choose who they want to be parents, and you don't like him for that. President Trump won't let foreign aid go to agencies that perform abortions. You hate him for that. President Trump's judges stick to the Constitution. He's disliked for that. President Trump is keeping his campaign promises, and you hate him for that. I yield the remainder of my time. Members are once again reminded to keep their remarks to the chair. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, we do not hate President Trump, but we do know that President Trump will continue to threaten the nation's security, democracy, and constitutional system if he is allowed to remain in office. That threat is not hypothetical. President Trump has persisted during this impeachment inquiry in soliciting foreign powers to investigate his political opponent. The President steadfastly insists that he did nothing wrong and is free to do it all again. That threatens our next election, as well as our constitutional democracy. I now yield one minute to the gentleman from California, Mr. McNerney. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, the House of Representatives the People's House is vested by the Constitution with the power of impeachment to balance the power of the presidency. Without this essential duty, the president could exploit his sacred office without any regard for the law. On January 3, 2019, every member of the House swore north to defend the Constitution, and this week we're being asked to do just that. When allegations arose that the president tried to coerce a foreign government to help undermine the 2020 election, the House carried out its duty to investigate a potential abuse of power. But the President refused to cooperate and forbade his administration from doing so, obstructing Congress from carrying out our sworn responsibility. If these actions bear no consequence, future Presidents may act without constraint and American democracy will be at an end. Therefore, Compelled by my sworn duty to defend the Constitution, I will vote to impeach this president. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, uh, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield uh, to my friend from Florida a minute and a half. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I'd like to address my colleagues on the other side of the aisle and reiterate President Washington's warning to the Republic 223 years ago 
The Constitution rightly sets a high bar for impeachment, but the integrity of the process also depends on the ability of the legislators to vote their minds independent of party politics. Removing a president is too important, and lawmakers are given too much latitude to define high crimes and misdemeanors for it to be any other way. Otherwise, excessively partisan politicians could overturn an election simply because the president is a member of the opposite and opposing party. It is in regard to this impeachment process that George Washington forewarned us as a nation at this moment in history. When political parties may now and then answer popular ends, they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men and women will be enabled to subvert the power of the people to usurp for themselves the reins of government. How wise he was, vote no on this assault to our republic, the Constitution, and against President Trump. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, John Adams warned in a letter to Thomas Jefferson that these risks were unavoidable and might sometimes overlap. Quote, you are apprehensive of foreign interference, intrigue, influence. So am I. As, long, as often as elections happen, the danger of foreign influence recurs. Close quote. I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from Michigan, Ms. Lawrence. Gentlelady's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, today history is being written. The facts are conclusive. The president attempted to use the power of the powerful office of president to force Ukraine to influence our 2020 election. In the process, President Trump jeopardized our national security and withheld vital military assistance attended to prevent further Russian aggression to our region. However, as our committees, including government oversight, which I sit on and which I'm a member, sought to interview additional witnesses and obtain documents, the president ordered from the power of his office that the executive branch to not participate in obstructed the congressional oversight. Article 1 provides the House of Representatives with the sole power of impeachment, as well as the authority to conduct oversight of the executive branch. What did he have to hide? When the framers met over 200 years ago, they went to great lengths to ensure future presidents would be forced to answer to their constitutional uh, uh, responsibility. I stand today in support of the two articles of impeachment. Gen gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield two minutes to the gentleman from Virginia, Mr. Klein. Gentleman's recognized for two minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Today is a sad day for this body, for the voters who sent me here last November, and for our nation. Benjamin Franklin cautioned when asked what he had given us, a republic if you can keep it. Today we take a step further toward losing the republic that our founding fathers envisioned by engaging in activity that they specifically warned against, the misuse of the constitutional power of impeachment for one party's political gain. Our Constitution is the very foundation of our republic. Its assurance of self-determination has been the shining beacon by which our nation has chartered its course over the last two centuries. From a new democratic experiment struggling to survive to the greatest nation on earth, America has been powered over the years not by government, but by the ingenuity, the bravery, and the faith of its people. 
confident in their place as one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And so it is we the people who determine our president, not we the Judiciary Committee, nor we the Congress. The Constitution is clear. It's only when we see clear proof of the impeachable offenses outlined in Article 2, Section 4, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors, that we are to challenge the decision of the voters, break the figurative glass, and pull the emergency ripcord that is impeachment. We do not have that proof today. Thomas Jefferson said, I know of no safe depository of the ultimate powers of society but the people themselves. And if we think them not enlightened enough to exercise their control with a wholesome discretion, the remedy is not to take it from them, but to inform their discretion by education. But rather than educate, this majority has chosen today to obfuscate with hearsay, innuendo, and speculation. And when history looks back on this shameful period for this House, it will judge it for what it truly is, the ugly hijacking by the majority of our Constitution and the powers it so solemnly entrusts to us to engage in a blatantly political process designed to finally achieve what they could not achieve at the ballot box, the removal of a duly elected president. Compelled by my sworn duty to uphold this Constitution and for the people, I vote no on impeachment today. I yield back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from California, Mr. Huffman. The gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, as we take this solemn, necessary step of impeaching President Trump, my Republican colleagues have made up their minds. We can't persuade them to do the right thing, so I'll address my remarks to the future. Today's vote will be judged by future generations, including my precious children, Abby and Nathan, maybe grandkids. Historians will study what members of this Congress did when our democracy was tested like never before by a president who put personal interests above country, who compromised national security to cheat his way to re-election, and when caught, not only lied and refused to admit wrongdoing, but flouted Congress's authority. He even called the constitutional impeachment mechanism unconstitutional. Historians will marvel how some members of Congress continued to stand by this man, how they put blind partisan loyalty or fear of Donald Trump above their duty to defend the Constitution, how they made absurd partisan arguments and tried to obstruct these proceedings, and how instead of pushing back when their party fell under the dark spell of authoritarianism, they embraced it as if the Constitution, the rule of law, and our oath of office mean nothing. So, Madam Speaker, for our future generations, our children, the judgment of history, let me be clear. I stand with our Constitution, with the rule of law, and our democracy. I'll be voting yes to impeach Donald J. Trump. Gentlemen's recognized for a minute and a half. I thank the gentleman for yielding me time. Today's vote to impeach the duly elected President of the United States is truly historical. However, its unique place in history is not for the reasons the Democratic Party and their mainstream media overlords are so desperately trying to convey. Today we will be remembered as the day that the Democrats, claiming a false moral supremacy over the, the, the desire of the American people, executed a deliberate and orchestrated plan to overturn a presidential election. It will be the first time in history that a party paraded out their Ivy League academics to explain to 31 states and almost 63 million people that their voice should not be heard and why their votes should be counted. I pray for our nation every day, but today I'm praying for my colleagues across the aisle who arrived at this partisan and self-directed fork in the road 
and chose the road never before traveled and one that has a dead end. Donald J. Trump is our president, chosen by the American people, fair and square. As we say in Texas, it's a done deal. Democrats' attempt to change history will never undo that. May God bless the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. I yield back my time. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman Reserve. from New York. Madam Speaker, I would remind the gentleman that the impeachment clause was placed in the Constitution to protect the American people in our form of government against a president who would subvert our constitutional liberties in between elections. I now yield one minute to the distinguished gentleman from Texas, Mr. Green. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. And still I rise, Madam Speaker. I rise because I love my country. And Madam Speaker, shall any man be beyond justice? This is the question posed in 1787 by George Mason at the Constitutional Convention. Shall any man be beyond justice? Madam Speaker, if this president is allowed to thwart the efforts of Congress with a legitimate impeachment inquiry, the president will not only be above the law, he will be beyond justice. We cannot allow any person to be beyond justice in this country. In the name of democracy, on behalf of the Republic, and for the sake of the many who are suffering, I will vote to impeach, and I encourage my colleagues to do so as well. No one is beyond justice in this country. I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And I'd also remind my chairman that the impeachment was not to be used in the between election cycles to defeat a, a president, sitting president who you think will be reelected. With that, I yield one minute to the gentleman from Florida, Mr. Buchanan. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I will vote today against both articles of impeachment because we are without merit and setting a dangerous precedent for our country. This political vendetta is an abuse of the impeachment process and would subvert the votes of 63 million Americans. Just because the president's opponents are afraid that he'll win re-election is no excuse for weaponizing impeachment. No president in history has ever been impeached 10 months before an election. Elections are the heart of our democracy. Our founding father devised a simple way to remove a president if you disagree with him. It's called an election, and we have one coming up in less than a year. Let's let the people decide this next November, and I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from uh, New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from Michigan, Ms. Tlaib. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Thank you. I rise today in support of impeachment. I learn so much every single day from my residents at home. Their common sense and understanding of what is right and wrong is centered on why they oppose any person using the most powerful position in the world for personal gain. We honor our veterans in this chamber almost on a daily basis, but do we ever follow their lead? where we serve the people of the United States and uphold the Constitution, not as Republicans or Democrats, but as Americans. We should learn from their sense of duty and responsibility to country and democracy, not political party. Doing nothing here, Madam Speaker, is not an option. Looking away from these crimes against our country is not an option. This is about protecting the future of our nation, 
and our democracy from corruption, abuse of power, criminal cover-ups, and bribery. And this, Madam Speaker, this vote is also for my sons in the future of so many generations. So I urge my colleagues to please vote yes on these articles of impeachment. With that, Madam Speaker, I yield. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Pennsylvania, Mr. Joyce. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Madam Speaker, I rise today on this dark day in the United States House of Representatives to voice my opposition to the shameful impeachment process that has occurred in the People's House. Some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle do not like President Trump. We know this because they proudly boasted about their intention to impeach our president before he was even sworn into office. Out of disdain for the president and for those of us who elected him, the House of Representatives is considering two articles of impeachment that are so very weak that they even fail to include specific crimes. The people that I represent in South Central and Southwestern Pennsylvania know the truth. The American people know the truth. This impeachment circus has never been about the facts. This process has always been about seeking revenge for the president's election in 2016 and attempting to prevent him from winning again in 2020. Madam Speaker, I wholeheartedly oppose this partisan and shameful effort to impeach our democratically and duly elected president for the sake of our nation. I urge my colleagues to join with me and vote no on the articles of impeachment. Thank you. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, all we keep hearing from the other side are, are attacks on the process and questions of our motives. We do not hear because we cannot hear, because they cannot articulate a real defense of the President's actions. I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from Massachusetts, Ms. Presley. One minute. Madam Speaker, I rise today to protect our democracy. Today we take a stand against corruption and abuses of power. What we are doing here today is not only patriotic, it is uniquely American. America is a story of ordinary people confronting abuses of power with the steadfast pursuit of justice. Throughout our history, the oppressed have been relegated to the margins by the powerful, and each time we have fought back, deliberate in our approach, clear-eyed. Each generation has fought for the preservation of our democracy, and that is what brings us to the House floor today, efficient and effective in the pursuit of our truth. Congress has done its due diligence. Today we send a clear message. We will not tolerate abuses of power from the President of the United States of America. The future of this nation rests in our hands. It is with a heavy heart but a resolved one. And because I believe our democracy is worth fighting for, I will vote to impeach Donald J. Trump, and I urge my colleagues to do the same. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And, uh, you know, again, and my chairman, again, I think hears us. He just doesn't want acknowledgement. When you have nothing uh, but a process that it was completely uh, amok, you talk about the process, but you also, I've already debunked the facts many times. Let's do it one more time. 
No pressure by either Mr. Trump or Mr. Zelensky. In fact, what really just horrifies me is the continuation to say that Mr. Zelensky, who is the supposed victim here, had said many times there was no pressure. He is the, Dem the majority Democrats are calling him a liar or weakening him in his own country. That's deplorable. There's no conditionality in the transcript or conditionality after that. Five meetings prove that. All high-level meetings, no conditionality. Two of those meetings were after the Ukrainians actually knew of the possibility of their aid being held. They've not ever addressed the four truths and the five facts. Also, after there was nothing done to get the money, guess what? They got the money. That's the facts. That's what they don't want to deal with. That's where we're at today. So let's continue to see how the sham was perpetrated. That's what many of our members are talking about. With that, I yield a minute and a half from the gentleman from Michigan, Mr. Bergman. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise today in opposition to the articles of impeachment against President Trump. I believe all American people be able, need to be looked in the eye by all their representatives. Today is the culmination of the Democrats' three-year-long quest to delegitimize the president. This has been in the works since November 2016 and was all but promised when the Democrats took the majority. This sham process began without a formal vote in the House and was continued over these past several months willfully trampling on decades of bipartisan precedent. No due process, closed-door depositions, even though nothing in this investigation was classified, and leaking only details that fit their narrative. If this isn't partisan politics, I don't know what is. Holding our elected officials accountable is a job I take extremely seriously. But the impeachment votes today represent the worst of Washington, D.C. Yet another reason my constituents are so disillusioned with the process and disappointed by the 116th Congress. Michigan's first district sent me to Washington to get things done, to get the government off their backs, and to help rural Michiganders and other people around the country keep more of their hard-earned currency, not to impeach our duly elected president. With that, I urge my colleagues to vote against the Articles of Impeachment. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentlelady from California, Ms. Barrigan. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, it is with a solemn sense of duty that I rise today in support of impeachment. As this chamber debates two articles of impeachment against the President for his abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, I want history to know that I stood up to say that I stand for the Constitution and our democracy. When my immigrant mom became a United States citizen, she took an oath and allegiance to our country and Constitution. When I stood on this floor as a new member of Congress, I took an oath to uphold and defend our Constitution. The President abused his power when he used his official office and power to ask a foreign government to interfere in our elections. When he asked a foreign government for a personal favor to dig up dirt on his political opponent so he could cheat, the President got caught, and then he tried to cover it up. Today we say no more. Today we say we will not allow this president to abuse his power and endanger our national security. I stand to say no one is above the law, not even this president. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Pennsylvania, Mr. Perry. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. I thank the gentleman. Since before inauguration, the press and members of this Congress have been for impeachment. Members refused to attend the inauguration. They called for impeachment. They voted for impeachment without any evidence. They voted for impeachment creating and manufacturing evidence. 
Recall and votes of no confidence are not included in our Constitution for a reason. Our system demands evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors. If such evidence existed, there would be an agreement in this chamber, but there is not. There is not an agreement because there is not evidence. Madison and Hamilton warned us that this might happen, that impeachment would veer toward political factions, and that that's exactly what this is. This is bitterly and nakedly partisan. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle have made a mockery of this process and this government. They despise the president and are themselves abusing the power of their office, all to settle the political score they were unable to resolve at the ballot box. Madam Speaker, they hope that if they repeat them over and over and stay on message, you will believe their charges. Repeating things that aren't true does not make them true. The call record between the two presidents is clear. President Trump was interested in getting to the bottom of what happened in the 2016 election. He asked the Ukrainians to work with our Attorney General. The Ukrainians were already getting the military hardware, and they got the assistance money and the meeting they desired. These are not crimes. These are disagreements over foreign policy and the fact that this president is conducting it. If it weren't so sad, it would be laughable, Madam Speaker. My colleagues are not driven by a quest for facts or truth. They are driven by their partisan animus and a timetable. These are the reckless and irresponsible act of elitists in the swap, swamp, and they underline the fabric of our republic. I urge a no vote, and I yield. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I would remind the gentleman that there is, in fact, extensive direct evidence, including the President's own words and actions, which is corroborated and supported by indirect and circumstantial evidence. The record leaves the following key facts indisputable. President Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, pushed Ukraine to investigate Vice President Biden and a debunked conspiracy theory about the 2016 elections. President Trump directed U.S. officials and President Zelensky himself to work with Mr. Giuliani to fulfill his demands. President Trump withheld critical military aid for Ukraine. And President Trump stonewalled Congress investigation to cover up his misconduct. I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Illinois, Mr. Kasten. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, this should not be a partisan vote. This is a vote about America. It's a vote about our democracy and our oath to the Constitution. We all took an oath to protect the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and we all know that what President Trump did was wrong. We all know it's wrong to withhold foreign aid as a political, for a political favor. We know it's wrong to ignore congressional subpoenas. And we know it's wrong to default to silly partisan process arguments rather than to rise and defend this beautiful but all too fragile democracy. And when those in elected power abuse their position for personal advantage, it's on us to somberly uphold and defend the responsibility that the founders bestowed on us. So when you talk about partisanship, I'd remind you of those great words of Lincoln, and paraphrasing him slightly, when one party would inflame partisanship rather than let the nation survive, I'm proud to be of the party that would accept partisanship rather than let the nation perish. So in this moment, the answer is clear, not because we want to impeach, but because we must. So when you vote in a few hours, don't vote your party. Vote your character. That's how you're going to be judged, and that's how we're all going to be judged. Thank you, and I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Madam Speaker, I ask for a time check for both. As gentleman from Georgia has an hour and four, an hour and forty-four and a half minutes. Gentleman from New York has an hour and forty-seven and a half minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. At this time, I yield a minute, uh, a minute and a half to the gentleman from Colorado, Mr. Tipton. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. 
Madam Speaker, I rise in strong opposition to this partisan impeachment process. Make no mistake, this process did not begin with the whistleblower report. In fact, impeachment efforts began shortly after the President was elected. The theatrics political posturing have ensured that this body is not actually pursuing to preserve checks and balances. Rather, this process echoes the calls by some that refuse to accept the 2016 election results. Neither of the articles receiving a vote justify the removal of the president from office. The first article suggests that the president pressured a foreign government to be able to assist in an upcoming election. Ukraine received its aid without a prearranged agreement. This is unsubstantiated. The second article is premised on the obstruction occurred when the White House ignored subpoenas issued by the House. Our federal courts are the ultimate arbiters of these decisions. In fact, previous administrations, Republican and Democrat both, have dealt with these issues and claimed executive privilege. Mr. Speaker, Madam Speaker, the articles that are before this House are unsubstantiated. I intend to vote no on these articles, and I would encourage my colleagues to be able to do the same. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Arizona, Mr. Gallego. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, today I will vote to impeach President Donald Trump for abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Those still defending the President's actions are desperately grasping at straws while living in an alternate universe where facts don't exist. To those still unwilling to search their souls, ask yourself, would you support a Democratic president using taxpayer dollars to pressure a foreign government to investigate a Republican political opponent based on false Russian conspiracy theories? Of course not. That's absurd. Any president who does that has abused the power of the presidency for personal gain and undermined our most sacred tradition, our elections. In a few hours, every member will make a choice. Will you fall into the age-old political trap of thinking blind partisanship is all that matters? Will you vote to defend the Constitution and our democracy so that the President Trump and every future president will know that they are not above the law and will be held accountable for their actions? I have made my choice. I hope every member puts the defense of our nation first and joins me. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I need to yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Nebraska, Mr. Smith. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Madam Speaker, I rise today to speak out against this attempt to remove the duly elected President of the United States. Impeachment is importantly established in our Constitution. The impeachment of a President has only happened twice in our country's 243-year history. Yet today, for highly political purposes, the House majority is trying to remove President Trump from office based on secondhand indirect accounts. The articles of impeachment we are voting on today offer no evidence of a crime, but instead are purposely broad to fit the majority's narrative. Less than one year until the next presidential election, we are being asked to override the choice of the American people. This lopsided and hyperpartisan biased impeachment process has, had, has been predetermined as an outcome from the very beginning. This is an unfortunate day in the history of our great country. We must hope this political game does not set a precedent of which to follow in the future. Surely there will be disagreements between a president and Congress for many years to come. Instead of unnecessarily dividing our country, as we are seeing today, we should be looking at ways to bring our, bring our country together. Thank you. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, 
President Trump's actions are both impeachable and criminal. Although the violation of the federal criminal statute is neither necessary nor sufficient to justify impeachment, President Trump's conduct violated the federal anti-bribery statute very clearly. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Virginia, Mr. Byer. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. I thank the chairman. Madam Speaker, today I vote to impeach President Donald Trump for abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. I don't hate the president, but I love my country and I have no other choice. Voting for these articles of impeachment is the only moral course of action, the only way to honor our oath of office. I've no doubt that the votes I cast today will stand the test of time. This has nothing to do with the 2016 elections. I'm so disappointed that my Republican friends approve of the president's abuses of power and solicitation of foreign interference in our elections. This is the very definition of the willful suspension of disbelief. They know in their hearts that what the president has done is deeply wrong. They know that they would vote without hesitation to impeach a Democratic president who had done these things. I remind all Americans the president did not rebut the facts, the many, many facts which have led to the articles of impeachment today. For the sake of our democracy, our Constitution, and our country, we must do the right thing and vote to impeach President Trump. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, uh, Madam Speaker. I was just amazed by what the chairman just said. If it was obviously that he violated the bribery statute clearly, then why didn't we add it as an article of impeachment? The reason why? It didn't. With that, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from, Ms., uh, from Mississippi, Mr. Gibbs. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, ma'am. Article 2, Section 4 of the United States Constitution states that the President of the United States may be removed from office for treason, bribery, high crimes, and misdemeanors. As a former prosecutor, I am confident that no court would accept these articles of impeachment as having met the standards set forth by our founding fathers. The impeachment articles rely almost exclusively on hearsay and opinion testimony, and they present no direct evidence of wrongdoing. As a former district attorney, I am dismayed that the Democrats have submitted articles of impeachment against a sitting president using circumstantial evidence that fails to offer proof of an impeachable offense. Additionally, the charges levied against the president in the articles of impeachment lack historical precedent and are motivated by pure political reason. If the House of Representatives passes the articles of impeachment, the Democrats will have set a dangerous precedent by undoing America's votes for president because a single party disagreed with the 2016 presidential election results. I urge my colleagues to vote no on the articles of impeachment, and I yield back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the distinguished gentleman from California, Mr. Thompson. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I find no pleasure coming to floor today to consider impeachment. I ran for Congress to represent my community and to serve the country I love. As a combat veteran and having served eight years on the Intelligence Committee, I understand the threat that foreign actors can play in our elections. Every elected official must dedicate themselves to protecting our democracy. No one should invite a foreign country to interfere with our most sacred act of voting. It was abuse of power by the president to ask a foreign nation to interfere in our election to benefit his personal and political interest and to condition bipartisan congressionally approved aid on that interference. Unchecked, these actions could lead us down a path that will unravel the fabric of our nation. I'm saddened we're here today, but in the interest of defending our nation, I will vote 
for the articles of impeachment. I yield back to balance my time. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. This time I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Roy. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Thank the gentleman from Georgia. Mr. Speaker, our founders intentionally did not embrace recalls or votes of no confidence. Rather, we demand from Congress evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors. While my colleagues are free to dislike the president, and while they may reasonably view the infamous phone call and negotiations with the Ukrainians as something less than perfect, they are not free to impeach something less than a high crime and misdemeanor. In just over 10 months, though, the people are free to decide, and we should let them. The eyes of the world are upon us, Madam Speaker. The press galleries are full. Our floor is filled with members. When will we give the world something better than this? My colleagues wax eloquent about the constitutions they found under mothballs. Where is respect for the Constitution when the People's House daily refuses to do its actual job while shredding federalism and limited government? Today in Mexico, a young girl will be abused while being trafficked toward our open borders, while some here yell kids in cages and play race politics in the false name of compassion. Today in New York, a young mother will be coerced into abortion by taxpayer-funded Planned Parenthood, while we allow the genocide of the unborn in the false name of choice. Today across America, diabetics will struggle to afford insulin due to a health care system ravaged by government and insurance bureaucrats empowered in the false name of coverage. And today our children inherit $100 million of debt an hour borrowed in the false name of what government can provide. In this conduct by Congress failing to do its jobs, that should be impeached. And one might ask if America would be better off taking the first 435 names out of the phone book to represent us in the United States House than what is on display here today. Today is not a dark day because the American people know this. America is great, Washington is broken, and we're taking our country back. I yield back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the distinguished gentlelady from California, Ms. Matsui. Gentlelady is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I rise today with a heavy heart. I came to Congress to serve the great people of Sacramento and to build a better future for our children and grandchildren, including my grandkids, Anna and Robbie. The facts before us are crystal clear. We heard testimony from 17 brave patriots who value our democracy and the Constitution. They testified that President Trump threatened to withhold congressionally approved money in exchange for dirt on a political rival. And worse, that he continues to invite foreign powers to violate our sovereignty even today. On its face, these are impeachable offenses that represent a clear and present danger to our country. That's why the only answer is to act now. We need to stand together and stop President Trump immediately so that he cannot violate the next election. For the sake of our country and our democracy, I will vote yes to impeach the President, and I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Pennsylvania, Mr. Smucker. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I rise today to ask my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, how much is the trust of the American people worth? When the American people are dissatisfied with their government, the, prim the prim primary tool that the Constitution gives them to make a change is their vote. And on November 8, 2016, Americans from every part of this nation packed the polls to elect Donald J. Trump to be the President of the United States. The country wanted a disruptor, a fighter, a dealmaker, a president that would put America first. But sadly, on that very same day, Democrats had no plan or interest in honoring the vote of the American people.
They were going to attempt from day one to delegitimize this president and ultimately remove him from office. Right after the president was sworn in, the Washington Post wrote, the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. Even before he took office, a Politico article headline read, could Trump be impeached shortly after he takes office? So, House Democrats have been planning for this day since January 2017. It's clear that facts have never mattered to the House Democrats. They never planned to work with the President. Instead, they intended only to fulfill their divisive partisan agenda. Again, I ask, how much is the trust of the American people worth? Because after the vote today, for what you think is a short-term partisan gain, you can be sure that the American people will have lost their trust in our Gentlemen's institution. They will have lost their trust in Congress. And most importantly, Gentlemen they will have lost trust that their vote counts. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from California, Mr. Garamendi. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Impeaching a president is one of the most solemn and consequential decisions the United States Congress can make. It's not an action that I or my fellow House colleagues take lightly. Investigations and hearings conducted by the House prove overwhelming evidence that President Trump abused his power and endangered our national security. President Trump also issued a blanket order prohibiting all executive office personnel from, te from testifying, responding to subpoenas, or turning over documents. Therefore, he has obstructed the legitimate constitutional obligation of Congress. The President's actions leave me no choice. President Trump violated his oath of office. Now, I will uphold my oath of office to preserve and protect our Constitution and my promise to my constituents to carefully analyze all issues before me. I will vote in favor of both articles of impeachment against President Donald John Trump. I yield back. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Done. Gentleman is recognized for a minute and a half. Madam Speaker, I stand before you today a disappointed man. I am disappointed in a broken and partisan process that has consumed the House Democrats. We were told this investigation was going to be bipartisan and transparent. Instead, the proceedings were held in secret behind closed doors with no attempt at a fair hearing. All this was done deliberately in an effort to undo the results of the 2016 election. Madam Speaker, my constituents in Florida want to see us get to work. They want us, they're counting on us, to actually fix the surprise medical billing, to lower the cost of prescription drugs. Instead, we're here a week before Christmas voting to impeach the legitimate president, Donald J. Trump, on the strength of nothing but rumors. We've wasted almost a year on this process while House Democrats chose political theater over serving the American people. This shameful vote to impeach our president will be a lasting stain on our House, and I urge all of my colleagues to vote no. I yield back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the distinguished gentleman from Oregon, Mr. DeFazio. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank the gentleman. It's clear cut. The President of the United States has violated his oath of office 
and betrayed the Constitution and the American people. He admitted to soliciting assistance from a foreign leader to interfere in a U.S. election and aid his political re-election campaign. That's a violation of the law, a violation of the Constitution, and a betrayal of the American people and an impeachable offense. Overwhelming evidence also demonstrates the President withheld congressionally approved taxpayer dollars to blackmail the young new President of Ukraine under attack from Russia. Now the gentleman from Georgia says Ukraine didn't feel any pressure. They're being invaded by Russia. Vladimir Putin, you know, Trump's friend, and he withheld that aid until the whistleblower report came out, then the aid was released. It wasn't released for any good purpose. Congress voted for that aid, the President signed the bill. That is another impeachable offense. And the Judiciary Committee has put together an extensive document which shows that there is evidence of numerous other federal crimes, including bribery and wire fraud. The President's actions threaten the continuation of our representative democracy. I'm proudly voting for impeachment today. Gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Madam Speaker, and I am glad to know that Mr. Trump was giving them lethal aid, actually something to fight back with, not what was previously given to them. And there was, again, from the President himself, no pressure put on him. It, your whole case sort of destroys if you're coercing somebody if there was no pressure felt. But yet we don't seem to get that part on this floor debate today. So with that, I yield a minute and a half to the gentleman from Montana, Mr. Jim Ford. Gentleman's recognized for a minute and a half. Today, this chamber is pushing through the most partisan, baseless articles of impeachment in our history. House Democrats' hyper-partisan impeachment has been a sham since day one, driven by those whose bitter rage against President Trump has blinded their better judgment. The fact is they've resolved to overturn the results of the 2016 election, the day President Trump won. Earlier this year, Speaker Pelosi said, impeachment is so divisive to the country that unless there's something so compelling and overwhelming and bipartisan, I don't think we should go down that path. None of those standards have been met. None. The committee hearings were a scripted, substance-free, made-for-TV show. They would be comedy if impeachment weren't so serious and grave. Witnesses denied awareness of an impeachable offense. And because the majority has failed to make the, peach, the case for impeachment, there is no bipartisanship. Compelling, overwhelming, bipartisan, Speaker Pelosi has not met her own criteria for impeachment. But here we are. Despite Democrats testing and tweaking their impeachment message, the American people have rejected it. I will vote against this partisan impeachment sham. Let's get back to the work that the American people sent us here. And on this sad day of an impeachment charade, I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Texas, Mr. Gonzalez. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, I rise on a sad day for America, a sad day for Texas, and a very sad day for the people I represent. I'm not gleeful for today. I came to Congress to lower the cost of prescription drugs, fight for a debt-free education, improve the cost of special needs children, our seniors, and our veterans. I did not come to Congress to impeach a sitting president, but we've been given no choice. He has eroded the foundations of our democracy and used the office of the presidency for personal and political gain. 
Our founding fathers feared that one day the power of the presidency was stretched beyond its limits. Thus, they enshrined in the Constitution a system of checks and balances. We cannot and will not lower the ethical standards of our presidency. We cannot afford to wither like a cheap flower in bad weather, watching our democracy crumble and rot from within. That is not the America the world knows and loves, and it's certainly not the America we would be proud to have our future generations inherit. And that is why today I must vote to impeach the President of the United States and fulfill my oath to the Constitution, and I yield back. Gentleman from North Dakota. Madam Speaker, I yield one and a half minutes to my friend from Texas, Mr. Hurd. Gentleman's recognized for one and a half minutes. Throughout this process, the American people have learned of bungling foreign policy decisions, but we have not heard evidence beyond a reasonable doubt of bribery or extortion. Allegations of these two crimes aren't even mentioned in the articles of impeachment being debated today. But today, we have seen a rush process divide our country. Today, accusations have been hurled at each other, questioning one another's integrity. Today, a dangerous precedent will be set, impeachment becoming a weaponized political tool. We know how this partisan process will end this evening, but what happens tomorrow? Can this chamber put down our swords and get back to work for the American people? This institution has a fabled history of passing legislation that has not only changed our country, but has inspired the world. This feat has been possible because this experiment we call America has one perpetual goal, make a more perfect union. We can contribute to this history if we recognize the simple fact that way, way more unites our country than divides us. Tomorrow, can we start focusing on that? Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Illinois, Mr. Davis. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you, Madam Speaker. This is indeed a sad day for our country. This is indeed a sad day for America. But it's a good day for our Constitution. It is a sad day for our country because President Trump has defined our Constitution, our rules, our requirements, and our expectations. It is clear that President Trump places himself above the law, above our Constitution, and above the expectations of the American people. At my last town hall meeting, which was held Saturday, December 15th at Malcolm X College in Chicago, someone asked the question, what is our position on impeachment? Madam Speaker, every person there rose and said, impeach. When I speak, I speak for the people of the 7th District of Illinois, and my vote will be impeach, impeach, impeach. And I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman from North Dakota. Madam Speaker, I yield two, two minutes to my friend from Texas, Mr. Gomer. Gentleman's recognized for two minutes. Thank you. In 1998, Senator Schumer said, and I quote, that this impeachment will be used as a routine tool to fight political battles. We thought it was a, uh, a prediction. It was a promise. And now it's playing out. It's exactly what's being done here. And for those that say we don't address the defenses of fact, here you go. 
the impeachment serves two purposes. Number one, stop the investigation by the U.S. Department of Justice and Ukraine into the corruption of Ukraine interference into the U.S. Uh, election in 2016. You said this was about, oh, this terrible Russia collusion. Oh, then that fell through. It's about emoluments. It's about bribery. It's about extortion. It's changed. But one thing hasn't changed, and that is the intent to impeach this president. It's always been there. But let's be honest. The president turning his back on Ukraine, that happened in 2009, because in 2008, Ukraine invaded Georgia. What happened? Bush put sanctions on Russia to teach them a lesson. What happened after that? Well, in March of 2009, Hillary Clinton was sent over to Russia with a reset button to say, Bush overreacted. We're okay that you invaded Georgia. It was a green light to Russia to invade Ukraine. And what do you do? Oh, yeah, you send blankets and MREs. They can eat and be warm while the Russians are killing them. That is what the Obama administration did. This is a travesty, and we're in big trouble because Schumer was right. Now it's lowered even farther, the bar. It will be used for political battles, and this country's end is now inside. I hope I don't leave, live to see it. This is an outrage. I yield back. Gentleman from New York. I am deeply concerned that any member of the House would spout Russian propaganda on the floor of the House. I now yield one minute to the gentleman from New York, Mr. Higgins. The gentleman from New York is recognized for... The House will come to order. The gentleman from New York is Thank recognized you, for Chairman. one minute. Thank you. The House will come to order. The House will come to order. The gentleman from New York is recognized for one minute. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, Madam Speaker. The United States Constitution is explicit. Bribery is an impeachable offense. Bribery involves the abuse of power, and the President of the United States abused the power of his office by soliciting a bribe of a foreign leader to interfere in an election that he was afraid he could not win honorably, fairly, or freely. You, President of Ukraine, open and announce an investigation of my political rival, and I, President of the United States, will release $391 million in military aid and give you the stature-amplifying White House meeting that you need. This is a this-for-that-something-for-something something transaction. Soliciting a bribe from a foreign leader is an abuse of power and a federal crime. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from North Dakota. Madam Speaker, I yield one and a half minutes to the gentleman from Florida, Mr. Bill Rockus. Gentleman's recognized. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I want to thank uh, my Republican colleagues who have toiled honorably in defense of the Constitution and the rule of law under difficult circumstances, Madam Speaker. You know, Mr. S Madam Speaker, it's a darn shame that we have found ourselves in this position today. Every time I step, and to this chamber, I'm humbled to be serving in the greatest legislative body in the history of the world. However, it's deeply disappointing that the hyper-partisanship that has gripped this country has made its way into this chamber. I pride myself on being a consensus builder who works across the aisle to get things done for the American people, 
But when it comes to the matter of impeachment, I have no doubt that the entire process has been politically motivated. There's absolutely no evidence that President Trump committed an impeachable offense, which is why I will vote no. This whole process has been a ploy to circumvent the will of the people by removing a duly elected President of the United States. It is a national disgrace and sets a dangerous precedent. But we are a great nation and we will survive this indignity. Let's put this ugly chapter behind us, Madam Speaker, and get to work. I yield back. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Mr. Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Mississippi, Mr. Thompson. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you very much, Madam Speaker. Madam Speaker, the question that will be answered today is will members honor their oath to uphold the Constitution? Democrats are not supporting impeachment based on a policy disagreement or the election results of 2016. No one is above the law. The president must be held accountable. A constitutional process is not a hoax or a witch hunt. President Trump just opposes it. No one is above the law, not even President Donald J. Trump. The president abused his power by pressuring Ukraine to help his reelection campaign. Impeachment is a constitutional remedy for these actions. Trump betrayed his oath, betrayed the Constitution, and undermined the integrity of our elections. Those who are against the impeachment inquiry are willing to turn a blind eye to constitutional violations by the president. As a nation, we have no other alternative. We must protect our Constitution and the United States of America. In his own words, no intelligent person believes what he is saying. The gentleman's time has expired. Gentleman from North Dakota. Madam Speaker, I yield one and a half minutes to the gentleman from Indiana, Mr. Baird. Gentleman's recognized for one and a half minutes. Madam Speaker, the totality of this process is just another reminder that my colleagues across the aisle are more focused on politics than policy. The American people deserve better. Our republic deserves better. The brave men and women of our military, myself included, have fought for the freedom and democracy all around the world. Yet today, my colleagues are eroding those freedoms through a process that ignored facts, abused power, and was shrouded in secrecy. Those facts could not be more clear. The president committed no crime, broke no laws, and there was no quid pro quo. I look forward to doing the right thing, representing the Hoosiers in my district, and voting against this impeachment charade. I stand with President Trump and look forward to passing policies that continue to move our country forward. I yield back the balance of my time. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I now yield one minute to the gentleman from Oregon, Mr. Blumenauer. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank you. Thanks to the hard work of our committees, the leadership of the Speaker, we found overwhelming evidence 
Trump invited foreign interests to interfere in our elections for his personal gain, and he then took unprecedented efforts to cover it up, obstructing Congress. I'm proud of the courage of new members to do their duty so that for the first time in his privileged life, Donald Trump will be finally held accountable for his reckless personal behavior and business practices. I vote proudly for these two articles of impeachment, and then I hope the House retains control of the articles until the Speaker and Leader Schumer can negotiate agreement on process and witnesses from McConnell so that the next stage will be open and fair so that Donald Trump will ultimately be held accountable. Gentleman yields back. Gentleman from North Dakota. Madam Speaker, I yield one and a half minutes to my friend from Oklahoma, Mr. Hearn. Gentleman's recognized for one and a half minutes. Public hearings began November 13th. Less than a month later, Speaker Pelosi announced articles of impeachment on December 5th, saying that the investigation had revealed enough information to move forward with impeachment. Let's think about that. 22-day investigation. Six of those days were weekends where hearings weren't happening and the House was not in session. Seven of those days were weekends that the House was in recess, including the week of Thanksgiving. Two of those days were in flying days where Congress doesn't hold hearings. So out of the 22 days, just seven days, seven days were used to investigate, debate, and vote on the impeachment of the duly elected leader of our country. No wonder my constituents are upset. Seven days to impeach the President of the United States. Not to mention that this seven-day investigation uncovered zero facts in support of impeachment. I spent every minute I had in there as an observer of these hearings, and all I learned is that if you hate someone so strongly and enough people agree with you, that's grounds enough to be impeached. We asked for 12 hours of debate, the same amount of time allotted to President Clinton's impeachment, 12 hours of debate for the possibly the biggest vote I will cast in my tenure as representative isn't asking too much. But no. They want to get out of here before Christmas. So it's okay to rush through the process. I'm ashamed to be a part of this today, even as I vote against the impeachment. My constituents are calling every day, mad as hell, saying we should be ashamed that this historic chamber has fallen so low to allow something like this to happen. I yield back. Back. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I yield myself such time as I may consume. Gentleman's recognized. Madam Speaker, my friend, the gentleman from Georgia, has a tagline about the clock and the calendar. Madam Speaker, this is not about the clock and the calendar. It is about corruption and the Constitution. It is about a president who abuses power to coerce an ally to intervene in our election and poses a continuing threat to the integrity of our next election. The president's defense is built on three pillars. And when those three fillers, pillars fall, the entire defense of the president collapses. First, they claim there was no quid pro quo. Well, the evidence is undisputed. President Trump conditioned a White House visit and military aid on President Zelensky's public announcement of the investigations. Ambassador William Taylor wrote at the time, quote, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign, close quote. A reporter asked White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney if there had been a quid pro quo here, and he replied, we do that all the time. Get over it. The president refused to help our ally until he got a personal political favor, and so the first defense falls. Second, the minority claims that the Ukrainians didn't know about the hold. The evidence, again, is undisputed. Ukraine knew about the hold on the military assistance within hours 
of the President's July 25th call. Laura Cooper of the Department of Defense testified under oath that on July 25th, the State Department sent two emails to, to, to the Department of Defense notifying them that Ukrainian officials were asking, where is the aid? The Ukrainians understood exactly what President Trump was asking. He wanted a personal political favor before the aid was released. And so the second defense falls. Third and finally, my Republican friends say the aid was released. But the aid was released only after the President got caught. This House launched its investigation on September 9th. The hold on the aid was lifted on September 11th. This is not evidence of innocence. It is evidence of culpability. The evidence is overwhelming. And when he got caught, he did everything in his power to prevent the American people from learning the truth about his actions by defying the congressional investigation, by ordering that all requests and demands for information be denied. With our national security and the integrity of our election at risk, we must act, not because of the clock and the calendar, but to fight against corruption and for continued self-government by the American people. I yield back. I reserve the balance of my time. Gentleman from North Dakota. Yeah, Madam Speaker, I would just point out that to believe everything that was just said, you have to also believe that President Zelensky is a pathological liar. And with that, I yield one and a half minutes to my friend from South Carolina, Mr. Duncan. Gentleman's recognized for one and a half minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker. You know, we're not debating impeachment of an American president today. Your minds are already made up. The Democrat majority has had a verdict, impeachment, looking for a crime since the inauguration. The Washington Post ran the headline, the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun just 19 minutes after President Trump took the oath of office. 19 minutes. Freshman congresswoman from Michigan told a group of supporters, we're going to impeach the mother blank shortly after she was sworn in. Even Speaker Pelosi admitted last week that the impeachment effort has been going on for two and a half years, long before any phone call between two world leaders. In fact, 71% of the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee supported impeachment before the phone call. The impeachment sham is based on hearsay, conjecture, and opinion. You know what? You can't even get a speeding ticket in this country based on hearsay. But yet we're going to impeach an American president based on just that. Where are the crimes of treason, high crimes, or misdemeanors committed here? Those are things that constitute impeachable offenses, not hatred or policy disagreements. If memory serves me right, Congress told the administration to withhold aid to Ukraine until they got their act together, addressed corruption, straightened out. That was in multiple NDAAs voted on by both parties in this chamber. So in the simplest terms, we're impeaching the president for doing something we told him to do? Give me a break. We have wasted precious time we are given to serve the American people. While you held secret hearings and depositions behind closed doors in Chairman Schiff's Chamber of Secrets. But the American people have a great sense of fairness, I promise you. They see President Trump has not been treated fairly in this process. Impeachment based on hearsay and opinion, not facts. It's a sad day in this chamber. The People's House. I yield back. Members are again reminded to address their remarks to the chair. Gentleman from New York. Madam Speaker, I would now inform you that the gentleman from California, Mr. Schiff, the chair of the Intelligence Committee, will now serve as my designee and will control the remainder of the time on the majority side. Does the gentleman yield to the gentleman from California? 